0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Armand Lee, and thank you so much for listening to The Quarterly Report. We got another fun show this week. My guy, J.P. Finley from CSN is going to stop by and break down the entire Kirk Cousins saga from all angles. Washington, Cousins, Bruce Allen, you're not going to want to miss that. Also, my childhood idol, man, Mike Vick. He broke my heart this week. I'm sure you guys know what he said, but we're going to try to break that down. All that and so much more coming up. But we're going to get things started with our first topic this week. First quarter. Yo, what the f*** is up with Sammy Sosa? Like, seriously. Yo, so last week, and again, this uh, each show that I do, the quarterly report comes out on Thursdays, right? Early Thursday morning, sometimes if I'm slipping, Thursday afternoons. But Thursdays is when the new episodes drop. And I want to say that evening, or maybe it was Friday, this picture of Sammy Sosa comes out. And like it shut everybody down. I was like, yo, what is wrong with this dude? And this isn't something new. His evolution into the Pink Panther has been going on for like five, six years now. But it was like honestly, I'm being dead ass serious when I say this. Like <laughs> it's kinda it's kind of funny, but we're gonna kind of try to delve deeper into it to see some kind of ugly truths or kind of try to address some some, you know sad issues that must be going on with this man, right? But who's more fascinating as a sports figure than Sammy Sosa? i be a dead ass serious when I ask that question. Think about it, right? Twenty years ago, he alongside Mark McGuire are being they're they're both celebrated. Not just because of you know their athletic achievements, but because these two men essentially have been credited for saving baseball right we all remember like what was it 96 97 when the home run race was going on and man it kind of captivated everybody right it was mark mcguire sammy sosa and every time you turn on the television sammy sosa right we now we understand the whole situation with juicing and how baseball has kind of turned their back to both those players but as that that whole era specifically, right? but think about it, Barry Bonds is back in baseball. Mark McGuire is back in baseball. you know what I mean? Annie Pettit has somehow been turned into a sympathetic figure. So everyone who was uh, who was wrapped up in that that era of baseball, you know they haven't all been shunned, but for whatever reason, Sammy is just like he's like stranded, you know what I mean like cast away, he's on an island. he just left, right? just left and is gone. But this man has riches beyond, you know, what we can understand. You know, I don't think he's been in any type of financial, you know, troubles, right. He's adored in his homeland. Like the DR loves Sammy Sosa. And even, even after his whole PED thing. And I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I may be wrong on this, but I don't think so. I don't think he ever failed a test. Now that doesn't mean anything. But like Mike Piazza, there have been rumors about him. He's a Hall of Famer, right? Alex Rodriguez. Is, now again, I understand the language barrier, but A-Rod, who many people despise, he has a cushy network job, right? Now again, I understand the language barrier in Alex Rodriguez, the way he presents himself, the whole night, it works for television. But still, he was given the opportunity. Jose Canseco was on CSM Bay Area. But Sammy Sosa is like the red-headed stepchild. So he's been kind of cast away from like baseball. Him and Rafael Primero, like the only two guys from the steroid era who who just, you know, have fallen into obscurity. But you know, he's he's wealthy. He was talented, you know what I mean? He's beloved not just here but in his homeland. And yet this man has Transformed himself from being, you know, black. I'm talking about, you know, he's Dominican, but he's black. He's got finger waves. He's got gold chains. You know, he hits a home run. He does the LL Cool J, like Sammy Sosa was like Sammy. We all know somebody named Sammy. You feel me? And he was a Sammy for real. And then, like five, five, eight years ago, you you look at this internet page of what we think is Sammy Sosa, but now he must be Sam. Because he just, he bleached the skin. He did something to himself that make himself off white. And I'm thinking to myself, I remember the first time I saw that first image. And I know y'all remember a few years back of Sammy Sosa after his transformation. And I'm like, man, what is going on with this guy? Like, what is up with him? And I'm just, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yo, get your life together, bro. It's too late. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But, I was just thinking to myself, yo, Slim, what's wrong with this dude? This is Sammy Sosa. So on some level, you just like, you just laugh. Because it's like, Slim, what is going on with you? And then last week, being off-white wasn't enough, you know? Now he's pink. And again, if, if you think I'm joking, I'm slicing, Google it. Pink Sammy Sosa. I'm not lying, you feel me? I saw this band, and I, I, instantly, I thought of Pinky from next Friday. I thought Sammy Sosa was going to run up out this joint, like, say another word. Say another motherfucking word. You feel me? You remember Pinky? I was like, yo, what's wrong with this dude? I couldn't believe it. And then, you know, me being who I am, I just can't, like, let it go. I start overanalyzing this, and, and it It got me to a, a, a strange place. Again, Sammy Sosa, wealthy, Sammy Sosa, beloved Sammy Sosa, you know, an athletic Titan, was credited with saving baseball. And all of that still, still wasn't good enough for him. He wanted, he can stand his skin color. Despite having all those things that he wants to be pink, what has to happen? What type of self-hate do you have to have to go through that? You feel me? It's amazing to me. I, I saw that picture and I was like, yo, stop the presses. You know, Mike and the Mad Dog had their 30 for 30. Rick Flair's got a 30. Somebody have a 30 for 30 on Sammy Sosa before this Bama turns orange. You understand? what I'm saying? He's going through all the colors of the rainbow. What's next? You feel me? He's going to liquefy his skin. He'll turn the clay face from Batman. Like, what is next with this dude? How is there not a 30 for 30 on Sammy Sosa? Who's more interesting? Who's more fascinating than him? And it's tragic, right? Think of, he, again, all the positives. And again, I don't know what's going on personally with him. I don't know if he's carrying what demons, whatever. But he has gone out of his way not to be black that he'd rather be just a like people are laughing at him. He's pink. How much do you have to hate yourself that you are comfortable being laughed at? That's on one side I'm thinking like yo, what the hell is wrong with him? And then on another side I'm thinking okay from like from a societal standpoint, what do we all want, right? We want money, we want to be adored, adoration, right? And we want to be powerful, like masculinity, like oh man, he's a great athlete, he's a stud, like bubble boom, Sammy had all that, but he wanted, to, but that wasn't good enough. Being a wealthy, adored black dude, Dominican, was not enough for Sammy. He wanted to be pink. He he could not stand the color so bad that he's now pink. Think about how effed up that is if you are not wealthy, if you are not. An athlete, right, who's adored. You feel me? Like, you have all of that and you still aren't happy. And the only thing that seemingly will make you happy is trying to be white. Or not even trying to be white, but not be black. Think about how effed up that is, Slim. Oh, one of my favorite stand-ups of all time is is <laughs> from Paul Mooney. So when I say his name, I know a lot of y'all listening aren't going to watch it. And that's fine. I get it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot. You feel me? And the name <laughs> the name of the stand-up is called Jesus Was Black and So Was Cleopatra. Know your history. <laughs> so you kind of get your idea of, again, if you know anything about Paul Mooney, you know kind of where his comedy goes. And then when you hear that title, you absolutely know where that comedy goes. So, again, I'm not saying all of y'all need to listen to it because I know It's not not for everybody. You understand? However, there is one part of that comedy stand-up special that has stayed with me from the moment I saw it and it's the realest thing ever. It's called a blank wake-up call. And it's basically like there are people who live in this world, right, who accumulate a certain amount of wealth or a certain amount uh, amount of fame, and they think, okay, well, you know what? I've moved past, being black now i'm something else oh no 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 you not sammy sosa just like oj you understand just like a lot of these guys you always gonna be a no matter what your color looks like no matter what your skin tone looks like and now not only are white people laughing at you everybody's laughing at you white black latino the whole spectrum So, again, this came out on Thursday, right? Thursday or Friday. And I'm just like, yo, this got to be a 30 for 30. E60, Jeremy Shaq, where you at? You got to go down in the DR because there's nothing better. Like, this dude is the pinnacle. He needs a lot. T.J. Quinn, right? Tom Rinaldi, them long-form, you know, in-depth pieces. Sammy Sosa is screaming for one. I don't want to know about any athlete more than I want to know about Sammy Sosa. His ass is pink. And then on Sunday, to a far far lesser extent, there is a piece on the New York Times that you know a lot of you guys read. I read about Mike Tirico, and again these are two totally different ends of the spectrum. Not two totally different ends, but I'm not trying to say Mike Tirico is what Sammy Sosa is, right? But there is a level of this, right? That's consistent. Sammy Sosa has gone to other worldly levels of trying to change himself because of whatever the case is, I feel it's self hate, but you know what? I'm not a psychologist. I'm not going to try to spend too much time psychoanalyzing him. Right. But that's my theory. Mike Tirico has this art. There's this article in the New York times about Mike Tirico and how he's not comfortable. Being referred to as black or African American. Now he's mixed. There's a lot of different things that go on. I know a lot of biracial children and they there's a lot you know it makes sense there's a there's a um, a struggle to identify you know what I mean and I get that but Mike Tirico a grown-ass man right and the weird thing that's still with me was like he had no problem identifying as being Italian right but he he just couldn't go all the way there and be like black and you know it seemed as if he was only raised by the white side of his family and again I'm not judging Mike Tirico but it's on the same plane. It's not to this, it's, it's degrees, right? We all can laugh at Sammy Sosa because he's just running away from it. And it's sad. But on that same level, Mike Tirico is having a difficulty identifying himself. Now, he's his own man. I'm not mad at him. Do what you want to do. And Mike Tirico, he is one of the best play-by-play men in the world, like in, in sports. I enjoy Mike Tirico. I'm not judging him from a professional level. But man, I read that article and it made me think of Sammy Sosa. And then I went straight to Paul Mooney. Y'all need a wake up call, baby. Sammy Sosa, he trying to run away from his clock. Mike Tarico, I don't know what his ass is on. But no matter what you look like, no matter what you make your skin color, no matter what school you go to, no matter what job you have, Mike Tarico, Sammy Sosa. Y'all still All right, that was quarter number one. Thank you so much for riding with me. I had to get that the Sammy Sosa, the Sammy Sosa images alone are just. I, I was, I was like, how is this not a bigger deal? It was like the number one trending topic for the for Friday, because it was just crazy. It was amazing. Like this this superstar athlete was off white a few years ago, and that wasn't good enough. So now he decided to make himself pink, and you just look at him like, man, what are you going through, man? You went from Sammy to Sam, to Samuel. You understand? Like, what's going on with your life, bro? Again, 30 for 30. Y'all better be headed to the DR because there's no story I want to see more than Sammy Sosa. All right, that's quarter number one. Thank you for riding with me. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. I'm at Armon A-R-M-O-N underscore Lee, L-E-E. Also, follow the show. We're at quarterly, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E show. So we're one quarter down. We're going to move. We're going to go a hard left now, okay? I had to get that off my chest because that self-hate is real, man. And it's easy to laugh at Sammy Sosa, but a lot of people go through that, man. And the how we view Sammy Sosa relative to Mike Tarico was kind of fascinating to me. And again, Sammy has gone to a crazy degree. But it's still both of them are rooted in something, something. I have an idea what it is, but, you know, this ain't the time or the place for it. But there's something about them that makes them hate themselves. Right. And again, it's a degree. It's a degree, but it's the same thing at its core. But we're going to go a hard left. We know that was kind of serious, kind of fun, kind of serious topic. But we're going to go straight into sports now with my next guest, J.P. Finley, to break down all things Kirk Cousins. Second quarter. He is the Redskins insider for CSN Mid-Atlantic and a good dude known him for a while JP Finley. JP thank you so much for joining me on the quarterly report man what's going on bro?
1: Dude I am very happy to I've wanted to be
0: on the quarterly report for some time man this is, this is a big deal. Well you know hopefully we don't disappoint. Before we get into the Kirk Cousins saga give you guys a little bit of a Background to JP and I. JP, we've known each other, what, probably like five, six years now? Yeah. First time JP and I ever really talked to one another. It was late night, and we're we're having a back and forth over the dumbest thing. Late
1: nights in the newsroom,
0: man. A Greg Monroe <laughs> argument between JP and myself. Who <laughs> won the <laughs> argument? Uh, Yeah, man. You won the argument. It was basically... I didn't know Greg Monroe was from Louisiana. I just assumed that he was from the area, and uh, you took great pleasure in telling me I was wrong on that one. So yeah, you won that. <laughs> you won that one. Sounds about right. But um, from one silly argument years ago to a a bizarre occurrence going on as we speak in the DMV area, um, Kirk Cousins and his contract situation with Washington, uh, it came to a head this week. Uh, Washington did not Washington and Kirk Cousins excuse me did not come to an agreement on a contract so I'm going to talk to you about the entire situation number one this was the biggest the thing that fascinated me the most usually right typically when a team and a player are having a contract dispute it stays private. Washington, however, went out of their way to let the entire world know numbers, details, specifics about the uh, their negotiations with Kirk. So I got a two pronged question from you. Number one, are you surprised or how surprised are you that Washington was so public with their um, their contract negotiations with Kirk? And number two. uh, Are you surprised at all that? This PR move that the Skins have clearly made has worked in their favor. There is now a, a a rising current of Washington fans that are now turning on Kirk Cousins, calling him greedy.
1: Yeah, I mean, starting with the statement, I think that was the whole the whole situation was pretty odd. Right. Um, just to get called out to to hear the statement in person and then not be able to ask questions. And the statement, I mean, generally, NFL teams make statements. That's not that odd. But usually they're like, you know, super boilerplate language without a lot of details. The Skins provided exact dollar amounts, and they (laughs) said that Kirk never countered. Um, Neither of those things usually happen. If you look at what happened with the Steelers, with Le'Veon Bell at the franchise tag deadline, that was was kind of the normal process. The Steelers put out a statement, hey, we didn't get anything done. We're excited to have Le'Veon this season. Pretty simple, right. and then somehow, some way, the contract details leaked to a reporter in Pittsburgh, and all the news came out from there. I mean, that's right or wrong. That's the that's, that's the typical process, right? The Skins didn't do that, and you know, speaking with folks in in, at, in the Skins PR department, they said they wanted to put the information out there so that there wouldn't be misinformation. And so, I think there's some that so, there's some there's some reason behind. There's some logic behind that. That that's right. part of that makes good sense. Now, I think the statement. I, I think intentionally, but one way or another, it kind of shifted the blame to Kirk, and I, yeah. I don't think that does them any good. Um, and then, as far as I, I, don't, I assume, you heard Kirk's response on the radio. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk said he, you know, not offended, wasn't surprised by it i think kirk knew it was coming which which certainly helps if you're gonna
0: it's easy to telegraph
1: yeah um what was the second part of the question yeah
0: i wanted to see how surprised or shocked you are at the the changing tide in regards of washington fans when it comes to kirk because i know i'm shocked i'm stunned that you know washington has somehow been able to shift blame and now kirk is getting all this hell from fans in the area. You know, I'll never fault a player for trying to get every single penny they can. But, you know, I'm just surprised at how many fans now are now taking aim at Kirk Cousins, calling him gritty. So I want to know, how shocked, how surprised are you?
1: Well, I think there's a, a lot of sports fans out there, and this is NFL, NBA, MLB, whatever it is, right? that... I I think there are folks that just resent the money that athletes make. And, you know, so when you hear this guy's turning down $53 million, it's so far out of the realm of I I can't even fathom it, you know. I think most people can't. So to turn that down is just like, of course he's got to be greedy. Now, if you look at the actual situation, I mean, he stands to make way more money this year. It's just – so I try to – I sent out a tweet this morning that I got a lot of feedback from that I think people appreciated. So the skins deal that they offered, there's no way Kirk would ever sign that. So when, right. when a little more details came out, yeah, they were guaranteeing 53, but he stood to make less money in three years than he was making right now. And hmm. so for any dude, for an accountant out there, right, like yeah. for a for a consultant,
0: IT guy. Yeah, yeah, whatever
1: job you have, would you agree to a six-year contract that pays you less in years three, four, five than it does in years one and two? I mean, that's just right. the opposite way things work. So I'm trying to remove the dollar figures and just look at the structure, I think sometimes folks realize this isn't a great thing. This is – and isn't dude, it? Kirk stands to hit – He he looks to be the first quarterback to really hit free agency, true free agency in his prime. He should pursue that – at all costs, and probably easily become the richest quarterback ever, the richest football player ever, at least for a period of time until Aaron Rodgers comes up after him or something.
0: Once again, I'm joined by my guy, J.P. Finley. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at J.P. Finley CSN. He is the Redskins insider for CSN Mid-Atlantic. And, J.P., I want to stop there because, you know, you, you bring up a good point in regards to, you know, what Aaron Rodgers will command, you know, once he hits the free agency market. And it got me thinking, you know, Washington, by no means have they handled this perfectly. You know, they are as culpable as anyone for this or more than culpable than anyone. Right. And this mess. But. I, I kind of understand their hesitation, their trepidation. Right. Uh, I, I put it to you like this. Um, Kirk Cousins is a really, really good quarterback. You know how good depends on how you evaluate and when what you value. OK, but. You know, Audis are really, really good cars. You know, I've never had a car as good, as nice as a brand new Audi, okay? However, I'm not going to pay Rolls-Royce money for an Audi. So if you're in Washington's front office and you're like, okay, well, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, they're making this amount of money. Kirk Cousins isn't going to give us that same type of production. I'm not going to pay that much money for him. You know, he puts up a lot of yards, but he doesn't put up a lot of touchdowns. You know, you don't get points for yards. So I kind of I can see why Washington has been so reluctant to really just bring out the Brinks truck for him. I'm curious um, if you if, if that makes sense to you. And is there anyone or are there people, people in that front office who are are cautious or don't believe that Kirk Cousins can truly become a franchise quarterback.
1: Dude, I think you nailed it with your Audi roles right. comparison. I, I think there are people that would pay for an Audi but yeah. don't want to have to pay for that really high-end, top-of-the-market. I right. think um, it's tough because, like, compare it to Otto Porter. I mean, there's no way yeah. Otto Porter should be the highest-paid player on the Wizards, but it's just kind of market economics. It's, it's when – when this dude's contract comes up, he's going to get paid accordingly. And right. It's tough with Kirk because should they have to pay that? No, but – or – I mean, they're presented with that choice. Like, all right, well, don't pay Kirk. You, I mean, so now we know Kirk's locked in for 2017. He's going to play. He's going to make $24 million. He's probably going to throw for 4,600 yards, maybe 30 TDs and 13. Right. Picks, right? That, right. Those are my guess numbers. And he's going to be really – he's going to be – Good it'll show flashes of really good and it'll show some flashes of not so good right that's that's my book on Kirk, I think um, but are you willing to save so- co- come twenty eighteen they've got Colt McCoy under contract for i think three million bucks right if you want to save twenty seven million and roll with Colt and <laughs> put that money elsewhere i'm I'm not sure it'll it'll work that way
0: yeah man it's a gamble you know what i mean because kurt is good he has shown you over the two years these past two years and look i I was wrong i didn't think he was going to be this good he has shut me up he's good he's a top 10 right there quarterback you know what i mean he's right there um but you know the team has so many flaws elsewhere and i don't know if kurt is that aaron Rodgers type who can make his team better despite the fact that they're so poor on defense. So, you know, while Washington, this is the bed they made, they got to land it, I still understand their reasoning and how we got to this point.
1: I do, or at least the hesitancy. But I truly, I mean, Kirk said as much that there was no chance. There there really wasn't a number he was signing this year. And he mm. did say that it's about time to assess the the situation, but I, I don't think, to me, this is about getting the free agency, truly.
0: Once again, I'm joined by my guy, J.P. Finley. He is the Redskins insider for CSN Mid-Atlantic. So make sure you go on to their website, CSNMidAtlantic.com, and check out all his stuff. He's got a lot of dope stuff over there. Um, so, you know, you just were talking about Kirk Cousins and him hitting free agency. And I'm a bit curious. You know, I'll, maybe it's just a cynic in me, but I'm a bit skeptical. You know, you hear all these big numbers thrown about, you know, what Kirk could potentially get in an open market. And you know, I'm not certain that Kirk gets twenty eight to thirty million dollars. You know what I mean? Um owners are smart, frugal, cunning, manipulative, whichever adjective you want to use. Um I don't wanna throw out the collusion term, but I just did. I'm not so certain that owners will just bust their own market to, to spend on Kirk Cousins when they know, you know, he's not A-level talent. Does that, you
1: know? I think it happens, man. I really do. I think just because – I think owners will yeah. – just I don't know what they'll decide, but you right. see that, you know, price tags never pop for linebackers or running backs, but the quarterback position is always – will always be different in the NFL. Right. I think because – I mean, San Francisco out there with the money they're going to have, the money they're already under the cap, the money they're going to roll over under the cap next year, I mean, they're going to have a wild, wild opportunity to throw some cash around. Cleveland's in a similar situation. And I think once you can create a little bit of competition among teams, that's when the dollars are going to get nuts.
0: Once again, I'm joined by my guy, J.P. Finley. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at J.P. Finley, F-I-N-L-A-Y, CSN he is the Redskins insider for CSN Mid-Atlantic all right so that's enough football that's enough Kirk Cousins I like to have a little bit you know a little fun little uh a little deeper you know personal questions for my guests so I'm going to get you out of here with this JP you two are like myself you have you are the father of a young daughter you know my baby is a little bit older than yours but I'm curious if you are like me you know this weekend they came up with like you know the Disney the Disney movies and the release yeah, and I was, that
1: I was seeing it on my Twitter. Yeah, man.
0: I don't even know what that is, but you know, on my Twitter, I saw it and I saw all these new releases and all these new movies that have coming out. And I was super psyched when I saw that they are making a sequel to wreck it. Ralph, one of my personal favorites, um, but the thing is, all my buddies, all my friends, they're not fathers. You know what I mean? So, you know, I can't really talk to, like, my partners like, hey, man, break it, Ralph. I was super excited, and they're looking at me like I'm crazy. So, I'm, I I want to know, are you and your wife at the point with your daughter that you guys have your go-to Disney movie that she really, really loves, and that you guys can tolerate it and enjoy it so much that it becomes, you know, it's clutch for you guys at the Finley household?
1: Yeah, dude, It's it's pretty lame but i uh, frozen <laughs> is on heavy rotation um my daughter's young she's she's not quite two yet
0: okay yeah so it's still early to so the
1: more like anime like the more like action-y type stuff i yeah. guess she likes yeah. despicable me too um oh, God
0: bless but
1: you. frozen's God bless. got some bangers man let it go is a good song like the i song. I'll find myself like humming it yeah it's and I don't know. Like my wife and I'll end up. I mean, we've seen Frozen a lot, especially driving to North Carolina to like visit my mom. We'll let her watch it, and so my wife and I will, like kind of jokingly, but kind of seriously debate like <laughs> geopolitics in play in Frozen. Oh, like, like you know, like if Hans became king, what would happen? Yeah, it's, it's it's bad, man.
0: Nah, man. Frozen held me down too. Frozen held down a lot of parents. You know what I mean? So shout out to Frozen. Hopefully we get more Frozens and less Despicable Me's coming out, you know what I mean, for the sanity of parents everywhere. But, uh, JP, thank you so much again. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at JPFinleyCSN. He is the Redskins Insider for CSNMidAtlantic.com. Really good reporter, really good guy. JP, man, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Quarterly Report. Thanks, man. Anytime. All right, guys, you heard the horn. That means it's time for halftime. Before we get to that, make sure you follow the show on Twitter. We're at Quarterly, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. Also, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. All you got to do is search Quarterly, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E. See my icon, click on it, hit subscribe. And while you're at it, rate and review the show. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear me talk about in the future weeks. All right, so two quarters are down, so you know that means it's time for halftime. And if you were anything like me on Sunday, you were glued to HBO at 9 o'clock for the season debut of Game of Thrones. But in watching Game of Thrones, there's one thing that's kind of difficult. And no, I'm not talking about dragons or dwarves or witches. I'm talking about those damn names. But, you know, I got y'all back. There is something to help you out when watching Game of Thrones and trying to remember... Certain characters' names. Check it out.
2: Yo, are You killed all them Bammers. Slim, she ran through all the phrase by herself. That's my girl, yeah. They better not kill her or I'm done. I feel you. I'm the same way about my man, the Red Bammer. The Red Bammer? Yeah, hey, you know the red wild bomber? You know the dude trying to knock down Brienne. Oh my god, Torment Giant Spain is some. Yeah, yeah. These names are the worst. Slim, don't trip. I got the perfect idea. What's that? The Wu Tang name generator.
0: Yo, that's dope, Slim. Now, Torment Giant Spain is. authorized diamond.
2: Yup. You know who else I rock with? Nah, who? My dude, Beric Dundarian. Who's that? Young, my man with the eye patch. He died like 47 times, but he keeps on coming back. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay.
0: Young, yeah, we got to generate his name, though.
2: That. Now, Beric Dundarian is now Prince Warrior. Nice. What about you? Slim, I want to know what happened to Gendry's ass. Damn, Young, I forgot all about Gendry. Gendry? Man, his name is soft as hell. Gendry. I know, yeah. Time for it to enter the 36 chambers. Now, his name is. 62nd Weaponry. Alright, man, shut up. It's about to start. Alright, bet.
0: No, boy, young. I can get past the ice zombies. I can get past the witches. I can even get past the dragons. <laughs> but those damn names. Oh my goodness. Those are the worst things about the show. I don't know who the hell they talking about half the time. And I'm like, I just binged through like six seasons a month ago or so. So it's still relatively fresh. I don't know who the hell they talking about half the time because their names are so ridiculous and they're ridiculously similar. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's crazy, but you know what? I still rock with the show. All right, man. I hope y'all enjoyed halftime. You know, we like to have fun during those segments. Remember, if you like this show, if you like what you're listening to, follow us on Twitter. We're at Quarterly, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E, show. All right, so halftime is done. We're back out for the second half, starting with our third topic this week. Third quarter. This is the 16th episode of the Quarterly Report. So, you know, whether this is the first time you have checked it out or you've been rocking with me since the beginning, man, I really appreciate you guys checking in, tuning in, and giving me an hour of your day or your week or whatever. Uh, just giving me an hour of your time to kind of let some thoughts that I have about sports and entertainment off. You know what I mean? I really appreciate you for that, but I say that to say, it's like I said, this is the 16th week. I had a week off. So in 17 weeks, the very first episode I had, I talked about LaVar ball and Lonzo ball, right? And here we are four months later and they are still somehow, some way, even with the NBA season completely finished they're still, you know, being talked about and placed in a high part of the daily sports discussion, whether it's TV or radio. Now, look, I told y'all from the rip, although there are things about LeVar that, you know, kind of rub me the wrong way, you know what I mean, like how he, he ripped the high school coach in front of children, you know what I mean, those dudes don't get paid a lot of money. They're doing it, they're really volunteering their time, and he's like, you know, has a tirade against the guy in front of the players. That was crazy. You know, when he talked about UCLA couldn't win because he had three white dudes on the starting five. That was wild. Like, I was like, come on, Joe, you, you bringing you at that point, you bringing way too much venom towards your son, toward what you're trying to do. So, you know, those two things in particular, I was like, come on, man, you need to chill. You wilding on those, but overall, you know, I rock with the big baller brand and, and not, not, the clothing or the apparel, but the vision and what he's trying to do. You know what I mean? I can separate those two, especially as a father. He's got three boys, three boys who've been able to get some or will be able to, one has, two have actually, college education, paid for, and now all three of them are on the right track to achieve the dreams that they've, I'm assuming have had since being little children, right? I think that's dope. And by all accounts, all three of them, Smart, cool guys, they don't, they don't get in any type of trouble. You know, I salute any any parent, any parent, no matter the field that their children try to uh, you know, whichever field they choose, any of them who are on their way to achieving their dreams. I salute anybody for that. you know what I mean? That being said, I feel like there obviously there are a lot of people who reject the balls, especially LeVar and their branding. You know what I mean? And to those people, because I know a few of them, a few of them are, are friends of mine, right? I got to let y'all know y'all getting played. You know, whether you love or hate LeVar Ball particular or the, the brand itself, you are generate, they are generating a reaction from you. So the people who out there on Twitter talking about how much they can't stand LeVar and yada, 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 you getting played. All the people who watched the NBA draft and were mad that they put a microphone in front of LeVar and you call into the sports talk radio and you talk about, man, why they keep on talking about him? Y'all yada, yada, can't stand him. You're getting played. All y'all who read these articles about how much these shoes cost and the fact that LeVar thinks that, you know, he could beat Michael Jordan and that Lonzo's better than Steph Curry. All these things, you are getting played because in this day and age, Anything, any reaction, whether it's tweets, you can find out what's trending. If it's comment sections, you got to click on the article and write. And there are unique visits and all these other things. All these things can be monetized. And I put it to you like this. And, we'll, and I'm going to talk about Lonzo's on-the-court play in a second. But in terms of LeVar, he's gamed the system. We spent months months talking about how ridiculous and how silly the shoe thing and all this other stuff that the big baller brand we made fun of it people try to ridicule it try to dismiss it i would remind you all that lonzo is the number two overall pick in this draft number two and last week we spent if you watched any type of sports television every a block When all these shows on these multiple networks, multiple platforms, a blocks we're talking about which shoe Lonzo was wearing. You think that's a coincidence every time he got an interview, well, what shoe are you wearing today? Then, then these networks, because they understand how the game goes. They tweet out this story. They have three different reporters on different shoes. Darren Revelle is talking about it. Sports talk radio is talking about in the slowest months of the sports calendar. They have all they they literally dominated the discussion. Right? Baseball only had the home run derby and the all-star game, and that was it. And Lonzo and Lavar and the big baller brand dominated the sports discussion for a week. So ask yourself this question. You think Nike doesn't see how much attention that Lonzo and Lavar are generating? You don't think Adidas or Reebok? or Under Armour, you don't think any of these companies see how much interest, whether it's positive or negative, how much attention these guys are getting. There's no reason for Lavar and the big baller brand to, to accept the same amount of money for their first shoe deal as Markel Fultz, because nobody's talking about Markel Fultz's shoe, despite the fact that he's in a large market in Philadelphia. Despite the fact that he was the number one overall pick. Jason Tatum, he's going to Boston, right? The only rival the Lakers have in the NBA, really, in terms of historical dominance and stature. Nobody cares what shoes Tatum is talking about. So again, we live in a in a society where data you can you can get data on anything. I can find out I can find out who which who are listening to my podcast in different countries, different states, different counties, when when downloads to what time of the day, all this stuff is available. You mean to tell me you don't think LeVar and his company isn't providing all these different shoe companies? OK, well, look, look how many tweets we get about shoes. Well, look, look how many different click and page views you got uh, when they talked about what shoe I was wearing. He's left, he's left everybody in this regard, and they're going to get paid for it. So all you out there who spend so many hours writing, tweeting, commenting, calling about Lavar Ball and how much you hate him, you just making his pockets fatter. Perfect example, the people who really don't like the Kardashians are the ones who don't care about them. All the people who wanna write and have these think pieces and yell about the Kardashians, y'all getting played. Y'all are the ones who are benefiting, who are helping them the most because everything in this day and age is monetized. Empathy is the way, right? Indifference. If you really don't care about something, you don't get a large reaction. You don't start wilding. You don't scream. You don't tweet. You don't don't complain. You know, I I never forget on the draft. Michael Wilbon, you know, it wasn't, you know, on blast for real but you could tell he was he was upset he was bothered by the attention that LeVar Ball was getting however on the broadcast after Lonzo went number two they talked to Lonzo they went to the table and then they what they do they put the microphone in front of LeVar you think that's an accident of course not they do it because he they know he generates interest and that's all he's that's all I've been trying to tell y'all when LeVar says he could beat Michael Jordan Y'all get upset. And what is he doing? He's dominating a news cycle. You talking about him. When he says he thinks Lonzo can, you know, take over the Lakers and bring it back to showtime. Y'all get upset. Y'all say how crazy he is for comparing his son to magic. Right. But what did he do? He dominated a news cycle. He brought interest into his son. He made his son a story. Despite the fact that Lonzo doesn't really talk. Lonzo's not necessarily the most charismatic player. But he separates himself because of his dad, and now you've got Magic in their introduction introduction press conference, saying that Lonzo, they're gonna they want to retire his jersey in the rafters. That's the plan, and nobody nobody bats an eye when Magic says it. You gotta understand, man. Lavar, no matter what you feel about him, and I'm not telling you you gotta like him. You don't have to like anybody. I don't care, but at least know when you're being played. All y'all who can't stand Lonzo and LeVar and the big baller brand, if that's fine. But if you spend any t- amount of time telling someone, tweeting someone, writing about it, calling a show about it, you only make their pockets fatter. So here you are, helping somebody that you say you can't stand, but you spending so much time thinking about them. How much sense does that make? Now, that was the bigger picture, the, the whole big baller brand, LeVar Ball kind of vision. I want to now refine my focus just on Lonzo because a lot of times people, you know, they feel a certain type of way about his daddy. So they naturally, or they they don't have the capacity to separate their emotions, to chill out. You know, everybody wants to say these people are too emotional or man, we, you know, in the sports world, we don't like to talk about emotion. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like a, uh, a bad word, but fans are the most emotional people. There are male fans at that. So, people already don't like his son because of how they feel about his daddy. So you're not, you're going to spend all this time ridiculing somebody who hasn't done anything. And not only that, you're going to root against someone who's clearly talented. Look personally, like if I can remove my fandom of the Knicks, the players that I like the most aren't necessarily the high flyers, aren't necessarily the guys who hit the, the, the quote unquote clutch shots, Since I was little, Magic, Bird, right? Then it was Kid. Again, not talking about Knicks. Now it's LeBron and John Wall. All those players aren't aren't similar. John Stockton was one of my favorite players of all time. These players aren't similar in size or stature or athleticism, color. But all these guys, again, these are like my favorite players, not, not including Knicks. These guys have one specific skill set, and that's court vision. Players who can see the floor unlike any other guy. These guys have the ability to somehow make their teammates better. And look, I'm not for comparing kids to all-time greats, so I'm not saying that Lonzo is the next LeBron or John Wall because number one, he doesn't have that athleticism, and I'm not saying he's the next Jason Kidd just because he's light-skinned. But man, if you don't, if if you watch Lonzo and and that type of basketball doesn't please you, if you are allowing your feelings toward his daddy to make sure, to to limit your appreciation of his abilities, man, you crazy. Lonzo has court vision, and much like size and hustle, you can't teach size, you can't teach hustle, you can't teach court vision. And he makes his teammates so much better. And again, it's a small sample, it's just summer league, I get that. But you can see it. He makes things so much easier for everybody on the floor because of how he views the floor, how he sees angles. And that's just fun. The same way watching Steve Nash was just fun. It's going to be fun watching Lonzo in purple and gold. And if you don't allow yourself to enjoy that, to enjoy seeing basketball played the way it's supposed to at its at its highest level, if you won't allow yourself to enjoy that because of your way, the way you feel about someone's daddy, slam, man, you're you playing the game all wrong. And, again, that's the number one reason why you're getting played and Lavar is laughing all the way to the bank. Once again, I'm Armand Lee. Thanks for rocking with me on this edition of the Quarterly Report. Make sure you follow the show or on Twitter. We're at Quarterly, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. All right, guys, we've got three quarters down and a halftime. Our last segment of the week, and this one really, really hurts. Let's go. If you know me, you know that I am from Virginia, you know, Southside, Richmond, Virginia, to be exact. And being from Virginia, like being from any place, it shapes kind of how you view things, especially for me, sports, you know. I, I fell in love with sports really early on, right? You know, when I'm in Richmond. So. Throughout my life, right, my favorite boxer was Pernell Whitaker, you know, a Virginia boy. You know, uh, when I was younger, I was a Bills fan. And there's no reason why a kid in Richmond, Virginia, should like the Buffalo Bills. There's no reason at all. But the reason I gravitated to him is I found out that Bruce Smith was from Virginia, and one Sunday I'm watching football and Bruce Smith is dominating. I'm like, oh, okay, I like them, you know? Off the strength of Bruce Smith being from Virginia. Uh, You know, the only team I like now, and I've liked them before, I like Buffalo, and I like them many years after, are the Knicks. You know, my, my fandom from New York is clear and evident. I don't even try to hide it. And although Oakley went to Union, he's not from Richmond. You know, Pat, obviously, from Jamaica, went to Georgetown. You know, there's no ties to Richmond. But every time anyone ever asked me, like, Armand, why do, why do you like the Knicks? I tell them the same answer. When I was a kid, when I was, when I was a kid, the, the Knicks played like the dudes who I saw play basketball. You know, like <laughs> when you look at when you know, I'm at my daycare or watching guys play basketball around the way, they're not crossing guys up. It wasn't sk- it wasn't like the Lakers. It wasn't like, you know, the Celtics. It wasn't a lot of skill. You just saw all these big dudes being real physical. And that's kind of what I looked at when I watched basketball around the way. And then when the Knicks are on, you got X-Men running around being physical. And dig and this. Again, the only team I love are the Knicks. I never had an Allen Houston jersey. I never had a Spreewell jersey. Never had an LJ jersey. Never had a Canby jersey. But I had an Iverson. You understand? So Virginia is so much. You know, it's so ingrained in me, especially my sports. But I say all of that to say it wasn't Sweet P, It wasn't AI. It wasn't Bruce. None of those guys were my favorite. My favorite, favorite athlete was Mike Vick, man. Mike Vick, dog, I can't tell y'all. I remember 1999. I was a junior in high school. You know, or 1999, 2000, excuse me. So I remember Vic that year at Tech, man. And it was just so much fun. I remember being so proud. And at this point, I wasn't even in Virginia anymore. I remember just being so proud. Like, look at it. I was like, man, you know, he's doing the Willie Beeman, flipping in the end zone. He's faster than that. He's playing football the way you played Madden at that point, right? He was a a walking video game. And every time you saw him, the first word at the school he went to was Virginia. It was, I was so proud and amazed, man. I love Mike Vick. Y'all don't know. And even though they lost the national championship game to Florida State, Mike was on a hunt. He was clearly the best player on the field. He was amazing. He was, it's a term that gets thrown around a lot. He truly was breathtaking. Michael Vick was amazing. And we all know about Mike, man, his ups. And downs, right? I talked about the ups and how much you know I was just such a fan. And I'm not even from Bad News, right? I'm from Richmond, and I love Mike. And even though you know the dog, the dog fighting thing was, no matter how you feel, I think we all can agree that's this heinous, you know. Whether you think it's it should have been a felony or not, he did, he did, he did awful things to dogs, man, you know. And he did his time. And he, ain't just, he didn't go to Club Med. Went to Leavenworth. Fed time, for real. And, you know, I truly feel like when you go through something like that, when you go to prison, you do Fed time, you're not coming back the same person. You're either going to get hardened or you're going to change from on a different side, right? And it, it seems that when Mike came out, you know, he he had a certain level of of remorse, obviously, but he viewed things differently. You know, I don't know Mike personally, so I don't know if he's a better man or not. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to judge him like that. But from his words, he, he says he's a better man for it. And I you got to take him at his word. You know, that's that's hard living. So this week when Michael Vick says that, you know, Colin Kaepernick needs to cut his hair, you know, pe- people, again, I, I say all that as a setup to say that, yeah, I could – I may be biased. You know, I really rock with Michael Vick, man. And it it hurt me to hear him say that, but I'm not going to OD like a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people coming at his neck now, man. They they calling him all these names and being mad disrespectful. And I'm not I'm I'm like, yo, we got to chill because Mike has really been through it, and Mike is really doing a lot of stuff still to this day in his community. You know what I mean? And again, when you view things from his perspective, right? He was public enemy number one. He saw his life change completely in a matter of months. Lost millions of dollars, lost his freedom, wasn't able to see his daughter, his wife, went to federal prison, right? God knows what happened in there. Didn't know what was going to happen when he got out. You know, that's going to change a person, man. So he comes out of it and he's like, yo, actually, before he goes in, you know, and he said that on the show, you know, speak for itself on FS1. He was like, man, I had to cut my hair. But this is the thing I wanted to tell Mike when he said that. And when he was talking on a television show, I wanted to scream at him and jump through the television. and be like, no, Mike, you were on trial. Like your freedom, your livelihood was not in your hands. You literally had a judge in jurors. Deciding your fate. So just on that level, no matter how you feel about Colin Kaepernick, we got to understand what he is doing, his stance, his his political views, you may not like it. And I'm not here to debate whether you should or shouldn't. You're a grown. If you listen to me at this point, you're probably a grown person and an adult. I'm not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't like. But damn, if we're going to start equating Colin Kaepernick's position to someone on trial for a felony we're not doing that and mike has to know that and again i'm not even coming at mike man he's on the set there are three other men on that set with him somebody should have been like nah mike man you can't equate the two your situation is completely different than caps because you committed a felony you were on trial so yeah your appearance matters in that regard because people have everyone has some sort of prejudice I don't care what you say. Everyone does. And you know what? If you were going on stand or on trial, I'd tell anybody, if you got cornrows, man, you're going to have to cut them joints because you don't know what those people view, what those people think of cornrows. Now, I can hear some of y'all saying that. Well, you know, Armand on a job interview, you wouldn't have an afro or a cornrows. Well, okay, I wouldn't. Full disclosure, you know, number one, I don't have any hair anymore. You know what I'm saying? I'm bald. I rock a baldy. But I have a beard. And, you know, when I go on an interview or when I, I got a production company, so when I pitch these shows that I do, I shave the beard. I shape up the beard. I clean it up. I absolutely do. But let's not act like the sector that I'm in, the job sector that I'm in, is anything like football. We always talk about professional sports being the ultimate meritocracy, Right? But then now we're going to say, well, you know, you got to you got to apply corporate America standards now to getting a job. No, we don't. And this is another thing. This is one of the main reasons why I wanted a podcast, my own show, you know, because I wanted to because I feel like all these people who are on. And there's so many people on television saying the same thing. So many people on, you know, your AM dial, your FM dial on sports radio saying the same thing. And they always miss what's clearly in their face. You know, you got all these people whether it's Will Kane or Clay Travis or someone else hammering saying, "Hey, you know, you got to this is how you go for a job." Really? We are going to sit here and act like Ryan Fitzpatrick has the clean cut. You know, and another thing Mike said was like, "Man, his performance and Cap's performance over the last 2 years. I don't care who you are. I don't care how you feel about Colin Kaepernick. I don't care how you feel about, you know, any of this social, what I feel is social injustice. Whatever, however you feel, I don't care. There's no one here going to tell me that Ryan Fitzpatrick had a better season than Colin Kaepernick did last year. There's no way you can tell me that. So when Mike said that, I'm like, Mike, what are you talking about? On top of that, cutting your hair. And I'm sorry for those of you who don't know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, on that show, Michael Vick said Colin Kaepernick needed to cut his hair, you know, and be presentable, and that's why he's not employed currently via the NFL. That's why he doesn't have a job. So again, we're just going to completely ignore that Ryan Fitzpatrick has crazy hair and a crazy beard and played worse than cap did last season, but yet somehow he was signed this off season, right? And no one on that set said anything. No one that I've heard this week has said anything about that, but not only Ryan Fitzpatrick, Charlie Whitehurst, they literally call him Clipboard Jesus. Charlie Whitehurst has been in the NFL for close to a decade now, and I don't know if he has a job now, but he had a job last year. And Charlie Whitehurst, God bless him, has never been as good as Colin Kaepernick. Charlie Whitehurst has never had a season though of has a season better than what Cap had last year. And Charlie Whitehurst, they call him Clipboard Jesus because A, he's always holding the clipboard because he's not a starter, and B, he's got this long hair this long brown hair, this, this thick brown, you know, beard. And he looks like, you know, the way modern society depicts Jesus, right? So they call him clipboard Jesus. He has no problem getting jobs for the last 10 years or so, despite the fact he's never been as good as Colin Kaepernick. But no one wants to mention, oh, well, what about, what about, you know, Whitehurst? Why is it that Whitehurst doesn't have to cut his hair to get a job? Why is that Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't have to cut a hair to get his job, despite that neither one of those quarterbacks have ever been as good as Colin Kaepernick, right? But let's even take it another level. Remember Troy Palomalu? Troy Palomalu, retired, will be a Hall of Famer. So this isn't about talent. But no one was like, Troy Palomalu, why why do you have this hair? You've got to cut your hair. In fact, Troy Palomalu was able to flip his long hair and get an endorsement deal out of it. They paid him because of it. He insured his hair. He got his hair insured. So don't talk to me about why Colin Kaepernick needs to cut his hair for the NFL because no, he doesn't. We're not gonna act like the NFL is corporate America because it's not. It's not. And the fact that Michael Vick would say something like that and be completely absent-minded about the profession that he recently was in just a few years ago. The fact that he's on the set with three other men who cover sports professionally, and no one of the, none of them said anything about that. It was so infuriating. And again, no matter how you feel about Colin Kaepernick, there's no way on earth we can compare what Mike Vick went through to what Kaepernick is going through because Mike Vick was on trial for a felony. Colin Kaepernick is protesting oppression those are not the same no way will you tell me that that's the same and again man i was hurt like i was blown by what vic said not because you know i'm gonna od and say that you know a lot of y'all again being real reckless being real disrespectful to mike i i never do that in part because i i hold mike to such a hard regard high regard again i'm a fan despite all the flaws that he's already been through and what, you know, this current situation. But I just wanted to be like, Mike, man, open your eyes, bro. You know, I just talked about how LeVar ball was playing so many of the people who say they dislike him and y'all getting played by him. And I was like, man, Mike, you getting played right now because again, I'm not from bad. Excuse me. I'm not from Newport news. Imagine the kids or impressionable people listening to Vic again, People revere him. That redemption story is strong. And we as a society love a redemption story. How could you not? So Mike's words have so much power behind it that I don't even know that he understands how powerful his words are. There are people who love Mike, man, all throughout the Tidewater area and other places. But especially I'm speaking to the Tidewater area. So. He's saying, man, you got to cut your hair, be presentable. You know, people are not trying to see that. And you got to you gotta dig deeper. Hey, look, man, I, I've told y'all, I think a lot. So maybe I'm overthinking this, but I don't think I am. I could be overthinking this, but I don't think I am. You're telling these young people, these impressionable minds, that, man, it's all right when Charlie Whitehurst grows his hair. It's all right when Ryan Fitzpatrick has this crazy looking wild beard. But, man, when Colin Kaepernick grows his afro, and mind you, Cap's not manipulating his hair. That's how his hair naturally grows. It grows that way. But Mike is saying, nah, man, all those other people, no matter how talented, no matter how good they are, they can grow their hair out. But you, Cap, nah, you got to cut that because that's not presentable. That's not, that's not good. Imagine how young minds hear that. You know, let's go rewind back to our first topic, this first story, Sammy Sosa. Clearly, there's something in him that looks at his skin is like, nah, man, I don't like this. This isn't good enough. This isn't presentable. I'd rather be pink than be how I was naturally developed and how I'm supposed to look. That happens for a reason. That mindset is is developed for a reason. So when Michael Vick has this much power and again, I don't think Mike did did this willingly. Again, I could be overthinking it, but I don't think I am. Mike's got to know what he's saying. Those words have strength. That's an energy behind that, man. And some kids may hear that. These kids who may idolize Michael Vick because of what he's gone through and because he comes back to the community. And when he's saying, man, your hair is not presentable, the way you were created, the way your hair naturally grows, that's not presentable. Man, that's dangerous. That's dangerous, man. And that was hurtful. You understand? And I was like, man, Mike, you letting these people play you? Because on one level, he's smart enough to know his situation is unlike anyone else's. His situation is not like Kaepernick's. And that's the crazy thing. Mike came out and he got a job. He got a second chance. He came out of prison, public enemy number one, and got a second chance. And Kaepernick can't get a job? Come on. Come on. So, you know, I, 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 have the reoccurring theme, you know, the segment angry man, and that's usually funny. And I just had one and this to, to lighten up a segment, but you know, this week, man, that joint hurt when I heard Mike do that because I, I understood the power behind his words and how people could interpret that. And I also understood that he was getting played. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw angry man out here to end the show, to end this segment, but man, Mike, I love you, bro. I love you, and I appreciate what you've been through, and I understand, to some degree, your point of view. But, man, when it comes to Kaepernick and cutting your head, Mike, you got to sit your ass down, bro. And on that note, that's the show. That was this week's quarterly report. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know on Twitter. Follow the show at quarterly, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E show. Let me know what you thought, if you liked it or you didn't. Always, I'm, I'm always for you know, any type of opinion. As long as you keep it respectful, let me know and I will probably get back at you. Also, follow the show on iTunes. Subscribe. All you got to do is type in quarterly. You see the icon, you click on it, subscribe and rate and review it. Let me know your thoughts on the show, what you like, what you don't on iTunes as well. All right, guys, I'm Armand. This was the 16th episode. Thank you so much. I'll check you out next week on the quarterly report.